0: I believe there, there are evil forces you know, in the universe. I believe, I believe that evil exists and I believe it comes in every person's life. Um, every day dressed up sometimes as good things.
1: Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today, Tom Ziegler and I bring you Dr. Henry Cloud. Dr. Cloud is a New York Times bestselling author. His books have sold over 14 million copies. His groundbreaking book was Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No, to Take Control of Your Life. That has become a business development classic, often sitting in the top 300 overall books in Amazon after 25 years, since it was first published in this show, we do give attention to boundaries at the top of the show, but then we dig into his gigantic new effort and discuss the art and training of leadership, real leadership. He has possibly the most powerful online class I've ever seen to not only teach you leadership, but to take any business idea too. And I want you to hear this take any business idea or startup through his course to create a solid, well worked out business plan. I've been around business development all my life. His online class is just unreal. I went through it myself and we unpacked it and more in this show. Let me tell you, this is a show anyone and everyone. And the Ziegler audience will want to hear. I mean, leadership is like sales. It's ultimately about influence. And we all must have this ability as we can't serve a soul without it. Learning about it won't do it. You have to actually do it. Pen to paper, fingers to keyboard and implement. This course from Dr. Cloud offers this opportunity on a silver platter. I want to thank Grasshopper for helping bring this show to us. If you are an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, Grasshopper is the entrepreneur's phone system as it lets you send and receive calls and texts from your new business phone number. That way you can run your business from anywhere and respond to clients quickly with Grasshopper's mobile apps. Be professional, responsive, and efficient with Grasshopper. Get your business phone number today. Go to grasshopper.com slash Ziegler to get $20 off your first month. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon. Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935 and With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks. All right, folks, here we go with Dr. Henry Cloud to discuss boundaries and leadership. All right. Well, Dr. Cloud, you have this uh, book we're going to hit on just a little bit before we uh, talk about Leadership University, but boundaries. And in my lifetime, that book has become kind of a common vernacular. It's like one of those brand things like Kleenex, you know, that you refer to everything as that. And when we talk about having <laughs> boundaries, you are the guy. So it's a complete honor to have you on with us today.
0: Well, it's good to be with y'all. You know, um, when I was sort of cutting my teeth. Zig was a big mentor, so I'm really blessed to be here.
1: Ah, well, uh, and Tom, uh, you,
2: I guess, uh, you're well aware of the, the boundaries philosophy. Well, uh, if you were to go to my my nightstand in my uh, bedroom, there's actually, I think more than one of the boundaries, uh, there. And, uh, when, when we, you know, have that internal discussion, I just point, you know, with the book and that kind of, <laughs> that, that kind of gets our family going. And uh yeah, it's such an honor to have you here. Uh You know, so many people are searching for how to improve, how to have that right kind of relationship. And, you know, that's what our business is about. That's dad's legacy. Yeah. But I really haven't found anybody more practical than what you bring. Um, and so I love it. I like things pure and simple. And I think you, take something that could be complex and just make it like dad said, putting the cookies on the bottom shelf. So
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mentioned my wife, we, we were doing this interview and she went over and grabbed, we have boundaries for marriage, boundaries for parenting right off the top shelf. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about that. Well, just, for,
0: for, go ahead. First of all, I just need to apologize to both you guys and all the men out there, because when the wives get the boundary book, <laughs> then we're we're, all, we're the first ones in trouble, right? You know, I'll, so sorry about that, but you know, that's the way it goes.
1: Uh, oh, a complete grace. Uh, no, Thank you. No, it's <laughs> such a gift. Hey, so so on the book though, I mean, you, I was looking at it yesterday, uh, published yeah. that thing. I think in 1992, I looked on Amazon yeah. yesterday, the book was sitting at number 237 in overall books. I mean, that makes it a bona fide, a classic book. That, that's amazing. A very similar reminded me of, of uh, the five love languages that's one along with yours it stays right in the top 300 always and that says a dramatic about uh, amount and i'm i'm interested you know you have i I saw that it was updated and expanded recently and i'm wondering what you felt what what you and your co-author felt was needed to maybe address are there some differences in today's culture that you wanted to address in regards to boundaries
0: yeah it you know it is kind of weird right the book is is 20, what, 25 years old. And I remember actually the moment that, that we decided to write it. We were in a, we, we had our, um, our hospital and treatment um, center co- company and an offsite doing some strategy. And we were, we had been out there doing public seminars on my book changes at heal, which boundaries came from. And, and the facilitator, the consultant said, okay, when you guys are out there speaking, what are most of the questions about? And we just started mm-hmm. laughing. I mean, it's it always boundaries. Everybody has boundaries questions. We're sick of talking about it. We want to go to something else. And he goes, well, why don't y'all write a book on boundaries? And we were literally laughing at the idea in this spirit. We just said, awesome, let's write it. And we'll never have to talk about it again. We can move on to other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, what we didn't realize, I think, was the reason that that's where the questions were coming from was that this is such a universal, huge issue in every single area of life. Because ultimately, you know, what we're talking a boundary is a property line. And it's sort of like, you know, the fence around your property that a property line exists so you can define what's your yard and what's somebody else's yard. And if you know that property line, then you know who's responsible for what. what. And, you know, if somebody's not taking care of their tree and it falls over the line and crashes onto your house, that's when you walk up and say, look, you know, you're you're doing the old Bible word here. It's called trespass. This is a trespass. Yeah. You know, th- this is something actually not okay. And and they needed to a language to, in relationships, help us all have. Have self control and say, "Look, you got to get control of your trees. They're hurting my yard." And so we had written that book then, and it it just turned out that you know here it is twenty five years, and it was um, I think it it was number two on the New York Times list just this year at one point, and and we just started looking at you know if this book is still being read like that, we need to contextualize it into the the ways that people's the neighborhood that their yards are in now that are different than 25 years ago. And one of those big ones was the digital age mm-hmm. that now our boundaries are just always wiped out by, by the digital world, whether it's social media or, or, you know, somebody texts text you at any time or somebody manipulate you or upset you or accuse you or not respond or you know, dump tasks on you through your inbox when you didn't ask for them. I mean, it's, we just thought we got to take the same principles, but make them fit life today. So that, I know it's a long answer, but that's kind of how it happened.
1: Well, and that was literally one of my questions. In what area of life today do you see us tending to be the most boundaryless? So did you just answer it? And it's in regards to our devices?
0: Well, I would say I'd, I'd step back a little bit and not call it an area of life. I, I tend to look at it like Zig did that, that, you know, life's kind of like a pie and we have these different areas of life. And, and the way a psychologist, or at least the way this psychologist looks at those areas is I kind of take that area and the simplest, simplest reduction of it is the pie kind of has three pieces. And one is, is our clinical life. You know, that's, that's how we feel, you know, our stress, our energy, the depressions, the addictions, the habit patterns, our, our goofy thinking, you know, um, our, our fears and our anxieties, all that I put into the clinical piece. And then there's a second big part of the pie called relational. And that's all things relationship. You know that's work relationships, family, marriage, dating. And I always say if you're married, you shouldn't be dating. You got to pick one of those. You know, just choose one. <laughs> but that that everything relational, and that's you know this other big big area. And then the third one is the performance side of life that we have to take our talents and our abilities, and actually first learn what those are, own them, feel comfortable with them, feel confident in them, and then put them to some sort of fruition. And at the end of the day, you know, bring have have some sort of fruit there not just fantasies and so when i think of those areas what you know boundaries are all over the they just run throughout all of those you know a lot of depression comes from people's boundaries being violated and they're not having a sense of agency and and autonomy. They feel like everybody else is controlling them. That's where a lot of panic attacks, anxiety disorders, you know, a lot of addictions are sustained by a lack of boundaries. Then you go to the relational arena. You got controlling relationships. You got abusive relationships. You got hurtful relationships. And then you get over on the performance side. Oh my gosh, boundaries become everything, both for companies and leadership teams, but also, you know, just for individual achievement. If you if you just take the concept of, of just drawing a line around who you are and what your talents are, and you learn to say no to the pressure of maybe it might be culture, it might be family, it might be friends. You ought to be this. You ought to do it this way. You should go here. You should do that. If you don't have the boundaries to find your focus and define your life and follow your calling and say no to everything else and also to every shiny object that comes along the way, you'll never reach goals. You know, you'll never perform. And so that's how I think about the areas. Now what's happened with this digital neighborhood we live in now, sort of like we took those areas of our lives and now we moved to, you know, to 2017 and we know how much stress in that clinical arena, how much stress, how much lack of focus, how much attention deficit, how much anxiety, how much depression etc cetera, etc cetera, is related to not having boundaries on the internet literally your boundaries in that area go to relationships how many relationships are just sideways because crazy lack of boundaries in 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 texting in you know just just messages that we send that aren't contextualized properly for the relationship because you can't get the emotion in it. And then you get squabbles and then you get people triangulating and this family's texting behind their back. And then they're, and then on the performance side, we know that the highest performers have great boundaries when it comes to, to the internet. So it just, you know, if you take Zig's big areas of life, they, 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 are in all three of those areas. Right. And then you take it from when he was around to now, he would certainly be talking about how people experience those areas digitally. And so that's why we needed to update it.
2: That's awesome. So how soon after you, you wrote the original book, did you know, Oh my goodness, people are going to want, you know, deeper dive into parenting uh, to, to leadership, to all these different areas. I mean, was that something that you knew was there, and you just hadn't put a lot of time into it, or it, or maybe it surprised you a little bit?
0: Well, it it did surprise us in this way. You know, we we're we're psychologists, so we think of the principles, right? We we think of the principles of boundaries in the book. There's ten laws of boundaries. You know, one of them is the law of sowing and reaping. That, that the way the universe is set up, we should reap the consequences of what we sow. If you get up and you go to work and and you work on your goals and you go execute a plan, you sow, you know, all of that behavior and then you reap good fruit. If you sow laziness and if you sow, you know, chasing after the wind, well, you reap the consequences of that. And so that that's just one example. That's the principle. Now, in a um, uh, in a dating relationship, say, you know, if, if some guy is mistreating, you know, some, some girlfriend and she doesn't have good boundaries and she's not saying no to that, she could get into a marriage that is, you know, he's not reaping the consequences of his substance abuse. For example, she's reaping the consequences. So that's a violation. So I say all that to say this, we just thought, you know, you put the principles out there and, Everybody can apply it to whatever context they find, and then, as a handful of years went on, we really you know I think we had to kind of wake up to think to realize you know what when you get into parenting, um, there are general practitioners, but there are pediatricians you know there <laughs> there there are <laughs> any doctor can say, yeah, this is that, but but there's this context where you really have to go deeper to be the most helpful. So we, after we wrote the original book, we started showing how they apply in parenting and dating and marriage. And then um, uh, finally, you know, I've been doing leadership consulting since my first job was in a leadership consulting firm. My, My doctoral dissertation was in leadership personalities. So that's been my whole career has been spent with leaders and so finally, I just started writing some, some leadership books, and I think the third or fourth one of those was, was Boundaries for Leaders, because that's what great leaders do well, that they just have great boundaries.
1: So when you talk about this issue of boundaries overall, and so you've been doing this for, what, you know, the book was written almost 25 years ago, millions of copies, you've you know, influenced so many people. As we hear this message- I was
0: only four years old. I Granted, way. granted, and, <laughs> yeah. you
1: look, and you look awesome. Uh, with this message, as we are all hearing it, me, uh, our audience are hearing it. What do you know are going to be are, and are going to be, as we look at this as a, as a focal point and as a, a desire to have these boundaries, to have success from that, what are the biggest obstacles for us in setting boundaries? What are the, what is, what is the enemy of boundaries that most of us are going to have to overcome if we're going to do it successfully?
0: Well, you know, I, we can put a lot of words to this, um, but I just, this, this is what I loved about Zig. He was always, always simple. And I'd go back to the book, you know, the <laughs> you go to the Bibles where the obstacles come. Well, the world, the flesh and the devil. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's exactly, you, you know, w- basically there's, there's internal forces, yeah. you know, our own needs and dependencies. like. Like, what if you, what if you grow up and you just kind of hadn't ever resolved that need for approval Yeah, and you got to have people like you, well, then that's the best boundary buster that you can ever, ever, ever have. Because you want to, you want to say, no, don't treat me that way. Or no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. Then that fear comes in. Or what if they don't like it? You know, what if they disapprove? Well, now that internal, you know, call it the flesh, it's me, you know, now I'm the problem because it's my wish for everybody to like me that's going to cause me to lose my boundaries and also to, you know, my own internal, maybe I hadn't really figured out what I want out of life. Maybe I haven't figured out my priorities, you know, Zig really helped us. To talk about prioritizing things, you know, if if you don't, if you haven't done that, you don't want to, you know, don't know what to say yes to and what to say no to, and you know, you become like like Alice and Alice in Wonderland. She's running down, comes to the fork in the road, and she says, "Which way do I go?" And the cat goes, "Where are you trying to get to?" And she says, "I don't know." And he said, "Well, I guess it doesn't matter then, does it?" <laughs> and that's our fault, yeah. you know, and and so this going through reflective with the help of others, but reflective self-definition of what are your gifts? What are your talents? What are your motivations? So that's part of it. It's internal. And then the second part, it is external, you know, that, that there are people that really have a vested interest in shaping you and controlling you. And I mean, that's one of the biggest jobs of parents is how do we, shape kids, but shape them in the way that they need to go, who they are as people and provide the limits that actually don't control them, but help them gain self-control. And that's what we need to do in any relationship. But our problem is we go to start to have self-control and somebody else wants to maybe make us feel guilty or somebody else wants to manipulate us or somebody else wants to say, no, you, you know, you, you shouldn't go into business. You should be an athlete. And then you have the next lunch and they say, what are you doing wasting your life in sports? You should go into business. And And then we're like, Ugh. you know, we, we don't know which way is up. And so there's relationships and, and every person has got to, at some point, the way I look at this is biggest question you got to answer is, am I God or not? Because if you, If you think you are, we got some medication that'll, you know, that'll help (laughs) that. But most people would say, no, I'm not God. Some of them might say, I don't know who is, but I know I'm not. But then, you know, they kind of walk around acting like they are. In terms of they never look above themselves to anything that transcends them, anything that's bigger than them, like values and, and stakeholders and a mission and I believe God himself and, and where they have been, and they realize there are boundaries on my behavior. There are boundaries on my wishes. There are boundaries on my agenda because there are rules and laws and, and and things that are bigger than me. And I need to bend the knee to those, Mm -hmm. but I don't need to bend the knee to every Tom, Dick and Harry that comes along because they're not God either. And people let other people play God in their lives. And that, that becomes a big, big barrier. And so I think that, that once you, once you answer that question, you go well. I'm I'm not God. Then I wonder, you know, what God wants me to be. What's important to Him? What's it? How's like how How's He made me? You know. And and if I had if I had the if I had this dream. See, we got to have boundaries on our dreams because some of them are psychotic. If I had the dream to play play center for the Lakers next year. Well, somebody should say no to me because I'm not saying no to myself. That's never going to happen, right? So we got to get this. We got to ask, how am I created? This is why I love the categories of life that Zig talked about, because every human, those are universal categories. And if we don't bend the knee to realize, and you got to have the food groups. You know, if you're a human, you must have air, water, and, and food. You got to have proteins and, Carbos and all—that's just how we're made. So I think if people don't recognize that obstacle, that there's this ultimate boss called reality, and if we don't recognize that and learn to deal with it appropriately, we're going to have problems. And then you know that third category—I just really believe I'm one of those. Uh, I believe there there are evil forces, you know, in the universe. I believe I believe that evil exists, and I believe it comes in. To, every person's life, um, every day dressed up sometimes as good things, you know, I remember I was, but it it will seduce us. We'll think things are good that aren't good. And we need to learn to stand up to, you know, the dark forces in the world that, that want to cause people to hate and want to cause people to use other people. And, and I just think those are the biggest obstacles and boundaries are so important in every one of those areas.
2: Yeah, for every, all of our listeners, you know, at Ziggler, we're really focused on, hey, who do you want to become? How are you going to get there? What are the goals that you want to achieve? And those are all aspirational. That's something I want to grow into. And that's like a motivating or driving force. Uh, but in behavior change, there's also a restraining force. That's right. And I call them engines and anchors. You know, engines are what you're excited about and you, you get the jet propulsion, you go for anchors are what's holding you back. And I just want everybody to listen deeply to this because restraining forces are more important to deal with. And, in all the coaching that I do, I, I think uh, boundaries is like one of the primary foundational anchors uh, that people have in their lives, it's keeping them from from going where they want to go and do what they want to do. And so, you can put all the engines you want on a ship that's tied to the you know tied to land, and it's just not going very far. So
0: <laughs> it depends on what's bigger: the motor on that ship or the anchor. Is tied to.
2: I know. And, and that- so, uh, before we switch over, there's a quote I'm sure you're familiar with. This quote because it just kind of sums up uh, what you do and that's uh gk chesterton i'm probably gonna butcher the quote but he said uh before you pull up a fence post you might want to know why it was there in the first place whoa and our culture has been all about removing all the fence posts and you look at all the uh headlines today whether it's politics or, or uh, hollywood And if they just had a fence post that said, "You know, I'm not going to go into a room with somebody I'm not married to," they, you know, there wouldn't be blood in the streets right now, and careers ended, and all this carnage going on. So, my little my little Ziegler rant there. So, I love what
0: it's just exactly right. You know, we and and it's so integrated into how we're how we're designed. You know, if you look at just the way, how do you get a human? You know, well, the baby gets born and there's the first task in life. If you're going to build a human, the first task in life is that baby has got to learn to say yes, because the first task is saying yes to life, yes to love, receiving love, taking in the nurturance and the milk and everything from the outside. And what saying yes does is it fills us with the resources that we need and we start to grow. All right, you start to grow and after you feed this this cute little, you know, creature for 12 14 months, then they start to have some capacity to like you're saying accelerate, right? <laughs> to, to step on the step on the gas. And then neurologically, psychologically, physically, every single way and then linguistically There's this word that comes into play. It's called no, that I can't do. I can't pull up every post I want to pull up because I should say no to myself and not run in the street. And I should say no to my my playmate that wants to poke me in the eye with the pencil. That's not good either. So this saying yes to the good and no to the bad and sometimes no to the good that would end up ruining other good. That's creation. And that's why when we just want a life where we can say yes to everything, we're going to end up with a life that has nothing.
1: Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to dot com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, we're just getting into the meat of this interview. You can connect with Dr. Cloud at drcloud.com. Okay. Dr. But That's drcloud.com. I have got two really great services for you. Check these out. I fit with the holidays fast approaching. We're all indulging a little more and it can be harder to ensure that you're getting all the needed nutrients in. That's why we bring you. I fit nourish. It's a customized protein drink. That's jam packed with all the essential nutrients you need. I fit nourish is unlike any other nutritional shake. It allows you to personalize your mix. While delivering the highest quality of fruits, veggies, and protein, plus 25 essential vitamins and minerals. Since iFit Nourish is passionate and picky about their ingredients, there's no artificial flavors, no added colors, no preservatives, and no fillers ever, which is a must for me personally. iFit Nourish focuses on the basics of human nutrition, so every single ingredient in your formula is is included for a reason and backed with extensive research. I can vouch for the great taste and easy mixing. I usually do mine with half almond milk, half water, some fresh spinach, blueberries, and a little nut butter. You can simplify your life, bolster your healthy diet, just go to iFitnourish.com slash Ziggler. For a free 14 serving bag of iFit Nourish mix and a shaker bottle. It's hassle free, 100% convenient. Again, ifitnourish.com slash Ziggler to create your unique mix today. And then this one, the best. Year ever. It's from Michael Hyatt, our good friend here at Ziegler. You've no doubt heard the adage what you don't measure, you can't improve. It's certainly true in business, sports, and science, but what about life in general? How do you measure progress with your life? Well, with work or business, it might be a little easier because we could use our income as that measuring stick. But what about your health or relationships or your intellectual growth? If we don't measure those areas of life, it's hard to improve them. You've got to know where you are before you can move beyond it. And that's why you need to check out this great tool. From a New York Times bestselling author and again great friend of Ziggler, Michael Hyatt. It's the Life Score Assessment. This online self-assessment is easy, quick, and effective in helping you measure where you are in each domain of your life. It shows you where you're excelling and where you should focus your improvement efforts. You can only get the assessment for a limited time. It is free, so check it out today. Go to Ziggler.com slash B Y E score that's your best life, life ever okay That's Zigglelercom slash byE score ah well this you know this issue of boundaries and you talked a minute ago about your history is in leadership um, you wrote uh, the boundaries for for leaders And now today we find you with Leadership University. And I want to transition a little bit into that because it looks like a massive initiative. Yeah, Kevin, can can, can, can I say one thing real quick?
0: But before we leave boundaries uh, uh, per se, we we just came out with, you know, boundaries are not built by just having the information. There's a path. You know, you got to, it's like a muscle and you got to grow. And there's, and, you know, people need a trainer, right? And so... We just came out with a site called boundaries.me where, where people can go and, and, and join. And I become your monthly trainer on boundaries. And we have all sorts of assignments and lessons and stuff like that. So I, I just wanted everybody that, that was interested in boundaries to, to t- take a look at boundaries.me.
1: Okay. Well, and I've got a testimonial from that Isabella, who you met just a moment ago, and she's a big part of Ziegler and Ziegler family. And she's the one who uh, said she's a fan of yours. She set this interview up. She is a member there and she she? just feels like it's the the next best thing since sliced bread. Um, so yeah, yeah. So boundaries.me folks. Well, in, um, in Leadership University, my, my first question on that was obviously, as you know, it's not a lack of leadership content out there for exactly. our taking. So I can only assume that you looked at it and felt like something was missing or you had something to add. Tell us about that.
0: Well, it comes from a couple of places. Um, you're right. There's no absence of, not only is there no absence of leadership literature out there, there's no absence of great leadership literature out there. I mean, there really, really is great, great material. Um, what happened with me, though, was I I came to this leadership world not as a not as a leadership person, but as a clinician. And I'm a clinical psychologist by training, and as I said, clini- clinical people look at 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 how we feel and our stress and fears and all that, the relationships and then the performance and how our makeup kind of works that out in all contexts of life. Well, my first job was in a leadership consulting firm. So I, I began my career. This is, you know, back in the eighties, I, 90% of the people I've worked with over all those decades are pretty high level leaders, CEOs and, and, you know, executive teams and high performers. And what I began to see was just that that in this leadership space, a lot of people had had a leader, a lot of leadership information and content, which is really, really valuable. Very valuable. The problem is that then they have to go out there into this place called reality. And they find out they're the tool. And so I can know how to cast vision, but what if there's growth steps that I've got to take in learning how that, that casting vision to a team or, or to a direct report, or even to a whole company, that's my own issues. are going to kind of, you know, get in the way, right? If, you know, it's just like an athlete, I'm a competitive golfer. And, and, you know, you take a right-handed person, a great football player, baseball player, and you give them a golf club for the first time and they're going to overpower, overpower the swing from the right side. And they got to develop the left side, right? You can't just get that out of a book. See that, that takes, you know, deliberate practice. And so what, what happened with me was is as I started to um, work in the field of leadership and that's been 90 nine percent of my time with with CEOs and high performers, I began to just, you know, see that leadership development is a path. There's an arc to it and there's information, but there's focused attention on certain skills and certain abilities that has to have deliberate practice and has to have feedback and has to have assignments. And you got to you know, you can't become a surgeon by just getting the information about surgery out of the classroom. So what I would do in my day work, (laughs) my day life, is I would spend all this time with leaders over the courses of, you know, standard kind of, many, many times a standard practice. I'll have is I'll I'll meet with a CEO once a quarter, you know, we'll get together for a couple of days, a quarter, and then we'll have phone calls in between because there's an arc to learning leadership and in your context and you're running into problems and and difficult people and all of this. So I just started seeing how, you know, I need to to build a process that takes all of the key issues of leadership that make leadership effective, but not just put it in a book where there's information or a seminar, because people go to leadership seminars all the time. But I wanted to make a process where I come in and I'm your coach over the course of a year. And that also that process was digital in a way that it could be scaled and teams could work together off of an iPad or an iPhone or a computer or in person together and go through this art of building what I call, you know, these, these initially in the first year, these 12 modules, these 12 key aspects of leadership but do it in a process, and so that's what we decided to build. And, and the other part of this was I found uh, in my work I noticed that in it wasn't till a company got to be about five billion or so that there was that you start to find a very cohesive, integrated internal leadership university that everybody goes through. In companies smaller than that, from you know you, you know a few million to $5 billion. What you see is varying levels of leadership development, but oftentimes it's quilted and people come in from other companies. And they haven't had the basics. Everybody doesn't have the same language and different people have different skills. So I just wanted to build a program that small companies, we have very small companies doing it. We have individuals who do it. We have one person that buys it, and just takes it back to their team. But we have huge Huge, some of the biggest companies in the world that, that use it as, as well, because it's scalable. you know you, you can take everybody through it and do it on your iPad. so that's a long answer, but, but I'm a psychologist, and I know that development needs information, but it can't only be information, it's got to be developed.
1: Well, okay. So I want to testify to it because in preparation here, I was uh, blessed to audit it and go through the university uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had, I had a lot of fun and I'll tell you my first thought process coming from my own bias was, oh my gosh, this is biz startup university. If you've got a a, a business startup, you need to go through this with your partner, your team. Uh, whoever, and then I real quick went oh my gosh, what project management team does not need to go through this? And, uh, yes, so many different applications. And I will have to say folks, uh, as you, as you look at doing this yourself, that as much as you are very, uh, sincere and we have a slow paced interview going here. You are on fire on that, in that initiative, the videos, um, you do it at the Panama Canal and the,
0: uh, we're we're at the Panama Canal. We're on the Audubon. I'm driving a, a a two seater souped up Mercedes race car at 250 kilometers per hour. We're, We're in Switzerland. We're in Japan. We decided to do it all over the world, more like a TV show than, than just the boring
1: and again, it was, it was incredible. So not only was it in, in, in incredibly engaging and inspiring just in the environment that you set this in, but I want folks to understand that, yeah, just as you said, this is not a seminar. It's not a book. It is like a university class where you sit there and go one page, one topic at a time that you can't progress through until you give an answer. And yeah, as I saw that, it just, what really revealed to me, oh my goodness, this is why I am often less efficient in my, especially in business startup, in in that uh, than I could be. And I have a primary business partner right now. And I was telling him, Oh my gosh, we got to go through this uh, with ourselves, with the team. It was just brilliant in that it literally walked you through what is needed. As you talked about the abilities, uh, the character development, looking at our blind spots, I mean, everything that we know we're going to hit and yet we don't address it before then. So I, I was, I was yeah, incredibly excited about it. I am, I'm eager to promote this to folks. Um, I did want to ask because I pay attention to flavor of things. And you start (laughs) off right off the bat, the very first, I think it's the very first slide in essence, very first page in this, you lead off with Theodore Roosevelt's uh, quote, the man in the arena, one of my favorites of all time. And you kind of boiled it down. I'll read it for folks. The boiled down version that you have right there, far better it is to dare mighty things to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory or defeat. And I just, the hallelujah chorus goes at the end of that, (laughs) of that one. But for you to put that on the front end of that, I thought, okay, that's meaningful. You didn't do that for no reason. Is that message there? Do you feel like, again, looking at the culture and the time amount of time you've been involved in this, is it more or less relevant today uh, than it has been in the past, even, are we at a point of, uh, more spectator than, than, than actually going after things?
0: Well, we are, we are at a, at a point of more spectator. I mean, now, now everybody thinks a great accomplishment in life is to have your, your, your very, 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 very normal life. Like everybody else be looked at by everybody else on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing the same, you are know, going to dinner, you know, we're, the waterfall well that's not a great accomplishment other than the great accomplishment is to be have somebody have enough spectators so that the irony in that I mean it's just you know what about the guy that, 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 that went over to the waterfall and said let's put some stuff in there that will turn turbines to light up the whole continent now that's living life right or the person that goes to school and steps out and and has to wait tables to go pay for school to become an engineer to work in that power plant and have that dream that's living life and so I, I mean i I'm glad I'm glad you said that because this spectating thing you know it it's we have people that are famous for being famous literally that's what they're famous for mm-hmm. and that's and and you see all the you know I got two teenage daughters you just see see it rampantly. But when you talk about Teddy, if I can say this about um, we decided to, to start Leadership University with the story of the Panama Canal. And if you know the history or don't know the history, you know, I didn't know it before I really started studying it. And I, I had heard this story years ago that The Panama Canal was a colossal failure by the French. Now, here's here's why we need Leadership University. That's why we started there. Because they had a dream. I mean, the French, Ferdinand said, what if? what if we didn't have to travel around the end of the earth to get to the other ocean? What if we could just go straight across? Let's build a canal that goes straight across and connects the oceans and you don't have to go down to the virtual end of the planet. I mean, what a grand dream, right? But they failed miserably and they went out and did it. And 20,000 people died trying to build this canal. And they didn't get anywhere and they bankrupted everything, all the resources and the country turned against him and he lost all of his favor. It failed. So then Teddy steps in and Teddy looks at this thing and said, that's a great dream. That's a great dream. We need to have that. But as the historian in the classroom says on the, in leadership university, I interviewed the, The top historian of the canal in the world. And he said, he said so aptly, he said, Ferdinand had a dream, but a dream without a plan is not a vision. He said, Teddy had a vision. And then Teddy comes in, and what he did was he did exactly what that first module of Leadership University shows, which is there are A handful of universal steps that every leader's got to do to make anything come to fruition. And Teddy did that. And so to your quote, there are a lot of people that are dreaming the the monstrous things, but they don't have the leadership abilities to make that happen and they fail. Or they're on the other end of it. They never step out and try it. And so we got to dream big, but there is a way that things happen. No matter what you're doing or who you are, there's a way that things get from here to there. And that's what we're trying to help people.
1: Okay. Well, on that, when you talk about leadership, I want to come to that term. I think a lot of people uh don 't engage enough because they hear leadership and they equivalent that to leading others leading others and yet, as I hear you talking about that using the word leadership, it feels like you are putting a lot of emphasis on first just being able to lead ourselves
0: well if you if you know it's it's, it's kind of an interesting um, it 's an interesting paradox right because <laughs> Ultimately we, we, we are one person, right? So we talk about leading ourselves. Well, who's doing the leading and who's the self, you know, who's the horse and who's the rider here. But it's true in that, you know, we, we do have this term called self-control and so self-control is, you know, we have a capacity of the brain. I'm going to get technical here for a second, but you got a capacity of the brain that actually regulates yourself. And it's able to regulate you in a way where you, for example, can have like emotional regulation where your fear doesn't overcome your ability to take risks or to act, where your emotions don't override your judgment. You know, Oh, I'd love to go build a canal. Well, do you have enough money? Well, I don't care. I'd love it. You know, we'll see that's self-regulation and it comes from the prefrontal cortex of your brain. Now what's interesting about this, I, I often say to leaders, I go, you know what the difference is between you and a German shepherd, a German shepherd. I love German shepherds. I train them, but a German shepherd, I think is just the greatest creature besides a human on the planet. But a German Shepherd barks. and They do a good job, but you never heard a German Shepherd go, and then sit back and go, "Huh, I wonder if that was helpful. Should I bark? To, did I scare the right people? Did I did I bark at the right? Did I bark too long? Did I bark at the?" And and you never seen a German Shepherd go. I wonder what my afternoon looks like. <laughs> you know what am I going to do this afternoon? Is going to make Friday different, right? And humans have the capacity to get above their activity and above their actions to think about and regulate those actions towards a vision or towards a goal. And we're the only species that really is, is able to do that. And so leading yourself in that way Is the most important thing, but here's what, here's the paradox. Here's what we know about your brain and the way it works. I can't leave myself without you. Because if I'm alone, for example, and, you know, a Navy SEAL is out there and parachutes in, they got to lead themselves to go fight that, that bad guy in front of them. But here's what we know. When they know where their buddy is and they're talking to their buddy and they know their buddy's got their back, they fight the bad guys way better than if they're isolated their brain works better so leading yourself also requires other people now you get into leadership after you're leading yourself well to lead others and you actually have to lead other people and you become the function as the leader that's helping them think about what does friday look like and if we do this today how does that affect friday and was what we just we did helpful, and does that help us get us there? And, in fact, what are the things we need to do that will get us there? In fact, have we ever really defined what there is? In fact, are you even a German shepherd? I think you're a golden retreat. We got a lot that needs to be led here, right? But it, it, you're right, it has self-control right in the middle of
2: it. Well, uh, I love that. It reminds me, I think it's the uh, the Hebrew word for king has three letters in it. Each letter has its own meaning. The first letter is the head, the brain, the logic. The second letter represents the heart, which is emotion. And the third letter is the liver, which is the body. Yeah. And what it says is a true king leads from the intellect, right? The self-control. And then from the emotion and then the body. Hebrew is like the only language where you can reverse the letters. And the word will oftentimes mean the opposite. So when wow. you re- when you reverse the letters for king in Hebrew, the new word is disaster or calamity. Really? Yes. So when you see people who lead from... You, their- might,
0: you might see that show up in a book somewhere.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually... Uh, one of my good <laughs> friends is Rabbi Daniel Lapin. I think I learned it from one of his one of his yeah. books, but I'm sure uh, that's been written. And so you're, you're right on. I mean, you know, in so much of our culture is about, if it feels good, do it, which is leading from the body. It's the appetite, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's immediate right. gratification. So I just wanted to ask this question on, on leadership and I'm, it's probably doesn't have one answer, but I'm going to tie you down to one. We have a group of small business owners uh, that we work with about 250 or 300. of them. And when I say small business owners, uh, they have businesses anywhere from a few employees up to four or five hundred, but most of them are under 50. Yeah. And then the
0: heart the heart of America, the heart of our economy.
2: Yeah. And then we also have our certification. We certify people to, to go out and, and teach our programs. We have about 250 of those. They're all so small. So what is the, like, if there's one, is there a difference between the first step that somebody would take if they're a small business owner leader versus somebody who's in a leadership position at a fortune 1000 company versus somebody who is the top man at a huge organization. I mean, is there, a, is, is this, the step process the same because are the challenges the same or are they just, uh, are they different challenges? That's that's what I'm curious.
0: Well, that's the either the $64 or the $64 million question, right? That, I mean, that's, and because in one sense, you kind of think that, uh, well, if they're the same, then why do we need all this such greater talent and ability at this global enterprise than we need to just, you know, run a lemonade stand, right? So let me answer it this way. They are the same in the way, that I think about what leadership has to do. They are not the same in that if you're starting something, some of those aspects that are already doing that don't exist yet. And you got to make sure that they exist. But if you're stepping into a global enterprise of, you know, a couple of hundred billion in revenues and a hundred thousand employees or more, then all of those things already exist, but you got to make sure that they exist well and exist right. So you're still working on the same things, if that, that makes sense. So let, let me illustrate. In Leadership University, what I start with is saying, look, let's take all this leadership stuff and let's have a few anchors, you know, a few few." like ways to think about this. So every day when you wake up, whether you're that person in that small business or whether you're running a global, and I have CEO clients with global, huge, everybody would know their names, companies. Either one of you, the first thing of any business has to do, you know, we talk about leadership's going from here to there. Have you defined what there is? And do you know where you are now? (laughs) (laughs) and Navy SEAL lands (laughs) and they, they first three questions that went, where am I, where's the enemy? And where's my buddy? We got to know where we are now, but where we are now in relation to something, you know, if we want to be, you know, like Jack Welch said, I'll tell you what there is. He said there is number one or two in the market in every business we're in, or we're not going to be in that business. And you look at where are we today, and then you look at where there is. That starts to give a lot of leadership tasks. Your to do list goes way up right then, because now you know where you're headed, right? And you know where you're not headed, and it helps you to clarify. And so, somebody starting that small business out, what do you? What business are you really in? What is it you're really trying to do? Uh, it's got to, you got to make rent, but it's got to be more than making rent. You got to define who you are and what you're trying to build, who your customer is, how, you know, just know what you're doing. doesn't matter size of the business. It's true about your day. You know, I, I work with one company that's the largest of its kind in our country and it's a service organization. And we talk about the clarity of that vision the CEO and the executive team in the company, but all the way down to the receptionist that answers the phone. What's her vision for that phone call is, and it's transforming somebody into immediate loving of their company and solving their problem to get them to who they are, as opposed to my vision is to move this phone call off, you know, fast as I can. I mean everybody has to think about vision, But that's not enough. If you're gonna get there, you know, if your brain says I want to walk from here to there, then okay, brain, go do it. Well, brain can't take itself anywhere. It's gotta engage the right talent. So the large business owner has got to engage the right talent. The small business owner's gonna engage the right talent. And and people that are sole practitioners will have will really, really screw this up because they won't engage enough talent. They'll do everything themselves. And you become a ceiling on the business. And out and talent may be outside talent, maybe friends, maybe mentors, but there's talents got to be brought to the table. Then you start to walk to there and you go, what's there? Well, how do I how, we going to jump? we going to hop. We, no, you got to have a plan. You got to have a strategy. Small business, big business. And then once you start executing there, how do you know if you're getting there or not? Well, we got to measure the right things and hold ourselves accountable. Your body does that. You start to walk from here to there. You wander off. It's got an accountability system It says you're not getting there fast enough or you're taking too many steps. And then it does the last thing, and that's adapting and fixing to what the accountability measurement shows you. Now, those five things, if you're running, you know, like read the papers lately about about, you know, General Electric has a new CEO. What are they doing? They're reclarifying what their means. They're getting rid of a lot of stuff. Doesn't fit their future company, right? They're starting to engage. They just engage the different talent that are going to be in charge of making sure their happens. They've got a plan and a strategy of how they're going to grow those sectors. And they're going to measure things. And they're going to fix stuff. that's a global company. But I've got a daughter that's 15 years old. Her vision is about her singing. In fact, everybody go on Instagram, go to Lucy underscore songs. I'll give her a <laughs> plug. She's awesome. That's great. But she sat down with me about a year ago. And she said, she said, how do people get to be where they're really working in this field? And I said, well, Lucy, you got you to start with your vision. And what do you want to do? And she's painted this vision for me. And she said, well, then what are you doing? I said, well, Lisa, you got to engage the right talent. Well, what does that mean, Dad? And I said, well, who are you going to bring to the party to help you get there? She said, well, I really need a different guitar teacher. I need a better one than the one I got. And I need somebody to help me understand what the opportunities are in local theater. Uh, see, she was anybody can understand this path, but it's one where we're all having to answer to, because this is what has to happen.
2: That answer it. I love that. I just it reminded me of my daughter. I was with a good friend uh, who's a very uh, he consults with a lot of top end executives. He's from London, especially in Europe and in in theater and in movies. And I asked him in front of my daughter, who was seventeen. I said, "If she has a passion for something, what's the advice that you would give her?" And he said. Research who's the number one in that area there you go. and reach out to them because there are people just like me and you, when they find somebody who is as passionate as they are, they will help you. And I just, you know, what you said is well, you identify what you want and then you go identify the people who are there, who you can learn from.
0: That so, is, it's so important. You've got to engage the talent. Above you, lateral to you, and below you along the path, it's the only way anything happens. You know, your brain can say, I want to go from here to there. But if it doesn't say, well, I'm going to need a couple of legs to help me get there, it's not going to get there.
2: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> or wherever it gets, it's going to be very, very small, not very far.
1: Well, and as you're talking about this, uh, again, you're going uh, through so many of the aspects that you have in Leadership University. And I want to point out to folks that you have it cut up into five main episodes. Each episode has uh, a bunch of sections. Number one, the first, the first episode, what is leadership? But again, I would be prone to tell anybody, okay, leadership, yeah. But if you have a startup, if you have an idea, if you have a goal, go here and input it in here because you're, you're going over classic how to, if you have a goal, you have a dream, this is how you get to it. And it's typified in the statement that you make right off the bat. It's one, and you kind of, you kind of paraphrase a second ago. It's one thing to have a dream, but it's another thing to have a vision with a plan and to be able to execute that to reality. And so here's a, here's a question for Well, a commentary, maybe a question as well. I mean, you go through just on the vision part, very first section, you go through getting clear on what you want, uh, but then, having us work through things like putting guardrails boundaries on the on the initiative, and what would get us off track the things that are going to derail us personally even i mean you go from this planning the initiative but also so much on the personal side that you know from your experience is going to derail us derail us if you don't uh, if we don 't deal with that and it feels like you are uh, Uh, a sensei on, on vision and failure and what's going to help us succeed or not. Okay. It feels though that in the working out of this process through leadership university, that you are, if we will do it, if we will sit there, if we will go through it, we'll take the time, take the effort. You're guaranteed. It feels like a, it's a guarantee. If you go through this, we're going to reserve our place of success and the overall initiative we're going for. Or we're going to at least save ourselves time by just admitting we're not up for this because uh, if we won't sit there and put the effort into it. Uh, and so I, I, that was one, I guess, a commentary on what my perception was, but also wondering, was that part of the intended tactic to get people to sit down and take their initiative into this arena and do the work or admit that they're not going to? And it's <clears throat> chances of success are pretty slim.
0: Well, I think that ends up being the the self-selection process. Yeah. You know, if um, I wrote a book on necessary endings and, and there's a chapter in there called no more Mr. Bad Guy. And that's for bosses, you know, cause, cause bosses hate to be the bad guy and say to somebody, you know, it's just not working out. Your performance isn't where, where I need it. And, you know, and because they feel like I'm being mean, I'm going to hurt this person or, you know, whatever. And, and I like to say that, look, it's not about anybody being the good or the bad guy. It's just defining what's necessary for reality. And so I like for a boss to say, look, from, from that position right there, I'm going to take you. It's not about you, Joey, or you Susie, but whoever sits in that chair right there, here's good. Here's what I'm going to require from that chair. I'm going to require, you know, somebody that can meet the deadlines. I'm going to require ABC or D whoever sits in that chair. Now I really want that to be you. I want, I want that to be, you. I'll help you any way possible. But what we'll do is we'll be evaluating it. And, and, you know, there's nothing I'm going to be asking you to do. It's impossible. And, and if, if you do those things, you'll be the one sitting in that chair. And if you don't, then you will have self-selected out, right? But it's not you that's being mean to them. It's just reality. Well, one of the things I I tried to do in Leadership University is in some ways make succeeding from that chair a lot easier. You know, you're talking about self-selecting out if they don't want to do the work. Well, the sad thing is most people that want to accomplish something where they've actually started a business or taken a step or whatever, they're not afraid of hard work. They're they're working their butts off a lot of times and a lot of effort and they're spending money. But a lot of that effort is not working sort of like with the laws of physics. You know, you can spend all your time and money building an airplane, but if you if you're not putting that wing on in the way that physics works, it's not going to stay in the air. So in one sense, what I want to do at Leadership University is, look, there's a lot of brain damage you're going through that if you would just engage these simple principles that are kind of like the laws of physics in negotiation or in resolving you know, difficult conversations, or in goal setting, this science of goals. I have a module in there on science. That research has shown us there's certain kind of goals that are reached and certain kind of goals that are not. You know, just work the way the way things work. You're going to save effort. Now, on the other side, though, is what you're saying that we can't change the laws of physics. We can decide if we want to sit in that chair or not. If you're going to sit in that chair. And you can't lean back too far (laughs) because that chair is going to topple. But you can enjoy it if if you're willing to sit in a chair the way a chair has got to be sat in. So if you think you can go through starting a business and not know how to resolve conflict or have difficult conversations in a way that puts you and your employee or you and your customer or you and your funder back on the same side of the table, as a team working towards a goal versus against each other in a conflict. If you think you can sit in that chair with not having that ability, then good luck. But I just, I've just never seen it done. And somebody might have short term success, but they find themselves in a series of failures in various aspects if we don't get good at this stuff.
1: Okay, well, I'll, I'll admit now that when I go back and put the intro into this show, I'm going to talk about self-selecting. I, I really love how you define that, that in essence, as you created Leadership University to help people walk through the steps needed to success, that it is also a self-selecting tool that if you're not willing to do that hard work, your chances of success are limited. What a great challenge. Uh, and, yeah, go ahead.
0: yeah, and I'd say hard slash easier work. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the professional golfer that that hits it three hundred yards is not working harder than the guy that hacks at it and strains his back and hits it one seventy five. He's not working harder. He's just doing it the way things work.
1: Okay. Well, Tom, I, I know you're listening to that one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm just laughing over here because uh, the self selection dad created a tool called the Performance Planner. And it's a goal setting system and it has a day by day where you put your goals in.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and it's real easy. It takes like less than eight minutes a day to do it. But I tell people, look, it's, it's got a hundred percent money back guarantee. If you complete this, if you do it every day for a year and you're not happy with your results, just send back the completed planner and I'll give you all your money back. <laughs> In 30 years, not one has ever come back completed. So <laughs> that's, that's
0: and, and you know what? You think about it. You say, well, the, they didn't send it back because they didn't complete it, right? <laughs> and the ones that could send it back didn't because it worked. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it worked. So it's just, you know, it's the old saying that look, the plan works if you work the plan. But I love that in 30 years, you've never had fully completed set, come back and say, my life still sucks. I did everything perfectly. <laughs> it didn't work. All right. Well,
1: All right. There, there's the Leadership University gauntlet set out for everybody uh, for your self-selection for success.
0: And, and, and can, can I say, say one more thing about it? You know, le- le- leadership implies it's not just self-leadership. Remember, leadership implies... That that you you're actually um, you're joining arms with with people to move something from here to there and and one of the one of the key reasons that I created Leadership University was for leaders who they they've got a group of people that they need to develop and they they're experts in technology or marketing they're not experts in leadership development right but this is a simple program that you can You can take your team through or your department or your whole company. It's really simple. And it takes the leadership burden off of you to answer that question. How am I going to get this guy to get his act together? You know, how am I going to get some performance out of this? He's scattered or she's scattered or, you know, she's not engaging people and she's not holding people accountable. And how do I get them to do that? Well, this will help you along those lines with other people.
1: Okay. Well, on this overall, again, you lead off with vision, uh, as the first step amongst this, this big initiative here, but I want us to end on that because that's what most enamored me is the work that you had us do. Regarding vision as step one, and I assume that that was completely uh, intended because as I saw myself working through there with an, initi- an initiative in mind, I thought this is going to this is helping me clarify my vision, which makes me significantly more confident and dramatically committed. Or not, or it's self-selecting, and I realize I, I don't know what I'm doing here, and you know, save myself the waste of effort. But I, I love that, and with that, my question. For you is is it safe to say well a uh, quick preface mark tim who's our ceo of Ziegler family talked about in relation to our kids that we have the ability as parents to influence them if we don't take that proactive uh, intentional approach to influence them they will be influenced by something right. else by media by school so in this as you are calling us charging us to solidify clarify our vision where are we going which you talked about before That right now we're all here today as, 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 as folks are listening to this, we exist here today. We will be somewhere in a year from now. (laughs) We're going to be somewhere and we get the chance. And I would, I would again, yeah, challenge everybody to come to leadership university. We get the chance to discern and decide and set our course for the vision that we want in one year. If we don't, uh, we'll end up somewhere. Uh, Right. Okay. If
0: you're in a moving car, which you are, <laughs> you know, an hour from now, you're going to be somewhere. So you get to decide where you'll be in an hour. And I, I remember one um, came up to me one time and said, oh, you know, I, I've always had a dream. But, you know, I, I, I wanted to go to law school and become a lawyer. And she said, but I didn't. And now I'm in this job and I don't like to. And I said, well, why don't you go? She said, well, it'll just take too long. It's take three years. I'm already, you know, 35 or whatever, or 40. And I, it, it just, you know, it takes too long. I missed that chance. I said, it takes three years. She said, yeah. I said, well, is three years going to come? Is there going to be a day called, you know, 2020, if this is 2017 or 2000, if that was 97? She goes, well, of course it's going to come. I said, so. Here's the question, not does it take too long or not, but if when I'm talking to you on that day, three years from, because that day's coming, we can set up a call and I can call you in your cubicle of this job that you hate three years from now, or I can call you and you'll answer it from your law office. Hmm. It's up to you because that day's coming.
1: That, that's as powerful and convicting as, as anything that we get to decide that vision where we'll be in 12 months, three years. Uh, we get to decide, and I, I don't know of a better place to go than leadership university to help clarify and get you on that direction. Or again, circumstances, the flow is going to happen. Time will go by and we'll end up wherever that, that takes us. That was, uh, may, maybe and one the of good, the most the things. The good
0: yeah. thing is, you know, go to leadership university. The good thing is leadership university comes to you. So it's, you know, it's all digital and it'll follow you around and it'll live on your iPad, and your iPhone, and your computer, and uh, you can do it together. So you don't even have, you take a trip, and never leave the farm as that old uh, rock and roll song used to say.
1: <laughs> hey, thank you for what you invested to bring this uh, leadership university to us Uh, Thanks for taking your time today. And uh, this is a a significant gift that could not be more fitting for the Ziegler audience. Don't you think, Tom?
2: Absolutely. You know, everything rises and falls on leadership. So we've got to start with what it's important to start with. So 100%.
1: Thank you, Dr. Cloud. This has been a gift.
0: Great to be with y'all. And I just love, I love hearing people don't have accents.
2: (laughs) You might be from Mississippi. I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) I might be. All right. Well, there's
1: a good place to end right there. All right. Thank you so much. Friends, I am just so honored to have brought you this message from Dr. Cloud. Get access to all he has to offer you at drcloud.com. And if you would, give us some thanks at iTunes. Go give us a rating and a review, please. Real quick, folks. Ziggler. Legacy Certification. One of Zig Ziglar's most important teachings was this. You can have everything in life you want if you're just helping up other people get what They want. Those words form the guiding principle behind Ziegler Legacy Certified Training, or ZLC as we call it. It's a life altering five day course held at Ziegler headquarters in Dallas, Texas, which is designed to equip great people like you to carry on the Ziegler Legacy. Join Tom Ziegler right now, soon at least, for a free live webinar where he will be sharing all the details of the Ziegler Legacy Certification Program. I went myself just this past summer. It's Unbelievable. You can get all the details, including date and time, by visiting ZiglarShow.com/slash ZLC or text these letters to this number. The number is 44222. Text these letters: ZLC Webinar. All right, all together. Again, go to zigglershow.com slash ZLC or text ZLC Webinar to this number: 44222.